Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a lightning rod of music, vibration, and inspiration, a man who is a lover of tradition, community, and family values. His superpowers can suspend racism, classism, ageism in a matter of seconds with the sound of his voice. A success maker, a man of action, a man of valor and integrity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the singer, songwriter, producer, Mr. Bernard himself, Cupid. How you doing, my man? What's going on, brother? I'm good, brother. How are you? You good? Doing good down here in uh, good old Louisiana. Louisiana, yes, down in Louisiana, man. Listen, I love Louisiana, man. That's a great place. That's a yeah, great man. place. Are you ready to drop these gems and answer these questions today? I can't wait, bro. All right, you ready? Let's go. Let's get it. Let's do this. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Career wise. 2007, August 2007, I met Steve Harvey for the first time. And uh, we actually became friends, man. He took me on the road with him for, for two years. And watching him utilize his, his, his blessings to help other people and put so many people on and get people out of situations that they shouldn't be in and his advice. And then watching him blow up to the Steve Harvey years now, because of that, you could see he deposited so many, so much into so many people that God blessed him overwhelmingly. So to see that lets you know that, you know, if you help people and you use what you have to help people, man, God's going to bless you abundantly. So he's watching his progression and, and being under his tutelage, man, that that was probably the biggest career influence in my life. Absolutely. Steve Harvey is an amazing character. He's always giving inspirational tips and pushing people to jump without thinking about the process. They just know that God is going to trust you. Talk to me about something he told you intimately that grew you as a person, like a gem he gave you. And also talk to me about what grew you to get to him. Outside of the music, your character had to be developed to make sure you're on the same frequency to run into a Steve Harvey. So what put you in that situation? And let me know also, what did he give you that grew you? Well, the one thing he told me was to stay true to myself, but stay true to myself and he told me you got you can't just look the part um at the time you know he was like if you want to be a star and look like a star you gotta you gotta be a star like if you want to anything you want to reach you got to believe it and live it before it even happens and that's the only way it's gonna manifest itself so um at the time i was working on a fitness dvd called Robics, which was uh, line dance aerobics but i wasn't in the best shape so he um you know when i brought the idea to him he hit me with that and it made me realize like, you know, I got on my fitness crazy and, and put this DVD out. And, you know, we do almost about 5,000 to 10,000 units a year just off line dance aerobics. But it was because he told me, you're not even ready to do that. You know, you don't look the part. Um, he, 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 that was something that really stuck with me. And this is with anything, you know, when you walk on that stage, when you out promoting yourself or doing whatever, you know, you can't say you got to look the part. You got to believe and you got to make people believe it because actually people's um people's manifestation is uh, actually a part of yours when people believe you're something then it kind of like when two or more are gathered together that's man. where the growth comes in so you know that was one of the biggest things for me man and i live by that today man 
people's manifestation is yours also. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great gem, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. At your core, who do you say you are? I'm a regular guy that makes music for people to just have a good time. That's it. I mean, my, my job on this planet is to use my voice, use my energy to make people feel good. Uh, you know, that's 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 it. Hey, that's perfect. Do you have a vision board? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Absolutely. That's great. If you can give us one. Yes. Goal, oh, yes. And um, if you can give us one apex goal on your vision board that you achieved and one apex goal that you're currently chasing. Oh, um, I developed my own fragrance line, Bells and Bowls. Um, I always wanted to do that. Um, my cousin is a chemist and we worked out a plan and got it done. It took us seven years to do. Hey. Um, also, man, um, one big one is um, when I prayed for my record deal, my specific word was God, just give me something to be able to do music for the rest of my life. So that's what I have. Like I Cupid Shuffle can get me in any door, any place, anywhere in the country, timeless. So I specifically have that. And um, my, 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 my ultimate goal is just to be able to go the rest of my life, um, you know, like free, like deflecting temptation at a high rate, you know, and doing things the right way. You know, um, I learned quickly in my life that like the energy you put out is what you get. So sometimes like when you're doing wrong, you can't expect right. And sometimes we try to trick ourselves, but the universe ain't gonna let you trick it. So mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of good things, right? A lot of good things, positive, man. Get married at the, um, this year and stuff. And, um, you know, I was married before, but you know, you know, it's just, you get the energy you get and um, you give and the energy I've been getting is because I've been doing well. So I'm just trying to continuously chase being a good person all the way around. Absolutely. It's a lot of hard work to be a good person. And you are right. God gave you a, a, a UPS uniform on your, on your, in your career. And you can go anywhere you want at any time and deliver. Right. And I think that's yep. the greatest thing to have. <laughs> What type of affirmations are you telling yourself every day to con continue being this good person? Because you know, once you start doing something for the better, trials and tribulations come even harder and harder and harder and harder and different to decipher to try to break your code. For me, my affirmation, man, is just, I know what good gets you. Like, I know what good gets me. Like, Because I've, I've, I've been a good person all my life and I've seen you know, a lot of my friends who do music not have the opportunities and put in the situation that I've been. So I know that's only from the, you know, heavens above. So I know what it is to have negative karma and I know what it is to have positive karma. So if when you know that, it, it kind of like makes you think about when you're going to do something that you're supposed to be doing. Like, okay, I could do it in dark, but I can't hide from the universe. And, and, and knowing that is kind of what makes you be like, you know, like, I know what good is going to get me. I know what it is. So just keep doing what you're supposed to do and you're going to get that good, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. How early did you start goal setting with intent? Um, High school, high school, man. Um, I remember my freshman year, there was a girl I used to like, her name was, uh, I think Elizabeth, Elizabeth McGlory. Yep. <laughs> and uh, she was, man, she was so tough, man. But she was into street dudes, but I ain't really know nothing. I was like a sheltered guy, right? And 
um, I figured that if I play, I played ball, but I figured if I played varsity and I was in the newspaper all the time, she might think I was, you know, so um, at my school, you didn't start varsity unless you was a junior or senior. And my 10th grade, my going into my 10th grade year, I was like, nah. So I went out there and I was like, there's this kid, he played wide receiver, took his position, balled out, three-year starter. You know, of course, I don't know what happened to Liz, but my goal in my mind was I'm going to start over this kid no matter what. And I told him, I remember he was a senior. I was like, dude, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take your position. And everybody like, oh, I'm like, nah, I'm like, for real, like, you know, and I just had it on my mind. So I would pull tires every day, sprint every day, jog to school, jog back and um, jog to school, work out during the summer and come back. And ever since then, man, I've always been the type of person like you might be more talented than me. You might have better looks, you might whatever, but you cannot outwork me. It's impossible. And um, that's that, that's kind of like how I am now, even like getting my record deal with um I coming out of Lafayette, you know, I had to bust my butt to make that happen. And um, so it's high school is when it started, man, when I playing ball, no doubt. I believe that success is a frequency. And I think every time I do an interview, I'm trying to tap into that frequency to resonate it with the people who are listening and resonate it back and forth for the person I'm talking to. I believe your valor and your integrity and your will to focus is the reason you are the man you are today. Outside of your talents, outside of your favor it was already in you your character to be that way and i believe that's one of the major things that got you to a steve harvey because he embodies those same things and then when you met the mentor he challenged you and then you was like okay i'm up for that are you kidding me i didn't know i needed that i got this and a lot of people can get recipes but that don't mean they're going to go into the kitchen and apply them in the pot and man that's one of the greatest things you did like applying and starting and recognizing yeah i can be better and, and I applaud you for that. And, and, I, and on the flip side, you know, women make us do the craziest things. They have no idea how much we love challenges. And women listening, challenges. Thanks. We love challenges. We don't, don't baby us. Don't take care of us. Leave us out there to dry and, and let us and challenge us. And I'm, and I'm guaranteed the one who is right for you will meet every challenge you put in his way. About the lifetime, just keep keep challenging us because we love it. Yeah, we absolutely love it. Along that road of you deciding, I am going to be first place. I am going to be a starter, varsity. I am going to venture out. I am going to have a music career. It's one of the hardest things to do in the world because you don't know who is going to love you, who your friends around you. Oh, they want you to stay as you were. They want probably want you to be a wide receiver your whole life. They didn't want you to be a musician. Tell me along that road, what did you sacrifice? Man, you know, um, truth be told, man, just to be super transparent, like, you know, I, I was, um, I was married, and I just remember, like, before my son was born, like, I was just relentless. Like, I, I, I got to get to this goal. I got to get to this music business. And then when I got signed, I remember just like your competition goes from the local dude down the street to Chris Brown, Usher, like you on the same charts with these cats. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing I learned probably like a couple of years after I signed and um, going through both was um, I mastered the art of balance and that's what I didn't have. So, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't balancing my, my, you know, 
my eight, eight, and eight. You know, um, I wasn't in a. Wait, do me a favor. That- let's 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 break down that real quick because so many men who are entrepreneurs or not, or they work for corporations, we all struggle with success, right? We want success because in our eyes, we're being successful for our kids or our counterparts or building a legacy for for our future endeavors. But the people who whom are in our circle watching us, they think we don't care. They think that's all we care about. You say you learn balance. Give us a goal. Give us give us a gem that how you what, something we can put towards what you did to help us get that balance. Well, God specifically made Earth into twenty four hours, and twenty four divided by twenty four divided by three. Absolutely. Hold on one second. You're going in and out. I can't hear you. I'm not sure why. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Hold on one second. No, it's it's probably not you. It's probably not you. It might be something over on the side. One second. I hear you good. Like you good. Okay, yeah. it, like, was, it was my. I'm sorry. It was my internet connection. Excuse me. Please go right ahead. Okay. Um. So, uh, back to the um to the eights. Like. Yes. It is it, specifically designed because eight is for work, eight is for leisure, and eight is for sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be able to fit like when Steve, one thing I disagree with Steve about when he was like, you know, rich people don't sleep. It's like, mm-hmm. maybe so, but um, people with mental issues and people with um, family issues and people with social issues tend to be rich. Um, you yeah. have to be able to balance them. And for me, man, I, I didn't balance my family. So I ended up, you know, getting a divorce because it was kind of like, you know, like she didn't understand and I couldn't get her to understand and it just really wasn't working out. So our frequencies just weren't, we weren't on the same. But um, I also learned that if you don't sleep, you get sick. Your body begins to do things that it ain't supposed to do because you're not giving it the proper rest. And then socially, you have to be able to have hours of leisure in order to be able to spend with your family and your friends um, so that you're not, you know, like a social, like you're not socially, like, you know, dysfunctional. So I learned balance quick, man. And, um, you know, of course, rich in my eyes is, um, is, is, is happiness. So, you know, when you're making enough money, it's just cool, but um, spend time with your family. Don't take that show. Don't take that concert. Um, don't take, you know, and, and stay home and be with your family if you can afford to do it. Those things are important, man. Absolutely. Could you repeat those three things for the eight, eight, and eight one more time for our listeners? Correct, man. Eight hours is for sleep. Eight is for leisure and eight is to work. You know, that's why people work eight eight hour days, you know, after that, you know. Yeah. What do you suggest for leisure for someone like yourself who has such a energy consuming lifestyle? People want to pull from you. Man, sit down with your kids, sit down with your girl, sit down with your dude. Relax. Watch TV. You know, leisure don't necessarily have to be like traveling and vacation. It could be just sitting down on the couch and just like kicking it. You got to have that, man, because what you're going to do is you're not going to be able to create enough memories to be able to satisfy you later on in life because you haven't done much. You just worked. Like people who work their whole life. You know, I've seen people like that, 50, 60 years old, that don't really have enough memories to account for because they've been pounding the pavement for so long. Their body's beating up. They can barely move. 
you know, they're living like they're struggling because they didn't balance. They didn't take the time to balance. So the biggest thing for me that's helped me out, like to make me like a very like self-happy person and a very self-centered, I mean, self, like just that, that I got self-oriented person to where I understand, like I understand what my time, the, the time of day consists of is balance, man. You know, the most interesting thing to me that you just said just now was the fact that you work and you, you lose time. I can't remember how many times I've been on stage or performed or anything and, and that all, you forget all of it after a while. You just was there and you just have moments where that will, that will, you remember something significant to you, but for the thousands of people you've been in front of, it's a wash for you. But the family moments you remember forever for me and to, to relate to your aspect and what you're saying, a thousand percent from the artist standpoint for both of us, we both but did a show together. We both seen these things. And, and I, you know, it's a lot of moments I just don't remember. And you are a thousand percent right about that. And I remember all the time spending and laughing with my friends more than I do the time I spent on stage performance. That is a lot of gems to that. Let's dive a little deep here. I want to talk to you about your lowest moment. And I just don't want to know about your lowest moment. I want to know how you got up. This is for the people right now that might be struggling with something, but it's about how you got up. Can you talk to me about your lowest moment, but how did you get up? Um, My lowest public moment was uh, when I did that show, The Voice. Um, a lot of people don't know what happened on the backside of it, but from the, um, the TV side of it, it looked real crazy because nobody turned around. And um, I remember having to deal with being, you know, on the Breakfast Club, um, Donkey of the Day, and all the homies, you know, with clowning down there, you know, oh man, but they didn't know what really happened. And uh, I remember, like, I, I know what happened as far as the contractual situation and the reason why they didn't allow me to advance on the show. But what I took from that was I went on a show and let those people make it look like I was disrespecting my blessing. And that's what made me get up off the ground. Cause I was like, I'm sorry, God, my fault. Like, you know, you go on the voice. I was like, you know, I really want people to know that I could really sing, but that's not always God's plan. Like God gave me a song that allows me to be able to perform forever. And I went on the show and allowed those producers, you know, through the misconstruing of how they, you know, Hollywood, they can make something look a certain type of way. It looked like I was just denouncing the shuffle and that, that wasn't right, man. So God made it. To where, nah, man, you're not gonna disrespect something I gave to you to, you know, take you, you know, to take care of you the rest of your life. So I got up after that, man. I did the neighborhood awards with Steve Harvey in Vegas. And man, I shot out like a rocket. And I was like, I'll never disrespect any blessing I get again. The recipe is to acknowledge the tool belt that you have already and go with that. Stop trying to expand because yeah. you have superpowers already. Just work on those superpowers. So you basically did goal setting to get yourself out of the situation. And I respect that. And I appreciate you sharing that with us today. When you're dealing with such a public infraction, I think that it's that the people who come to your aid and the people who joke on you really show that they've been waiting for you to ascend from where you were. Thanks. So now, how much did it help you to evaluate the grass when it was cut low? How much did it help you to do that? Like, what did you see? Man, I mean, I just, it, 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 for me, it was a, the most humbling experience ever because 
it's one thing to be like told by your friends that they don't like that you, that you did something crazy. But bro, when you get me like millions of tweets and just people all over the place, dog, that you in different languages, man, oh, I'm like, man. I don't even languages. know. <laughs> and if I told y'all that the reason why was because I didn't want to sign my rights to the Cupid Shuffle over to the voice, y'all wouldn't believe me because y'all so tunnel vision of what you see on TV. Mm. And, um, I you know, um, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Absolutely, that's not. a whole nother story for a whole nother day, bro. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I, I understand the business. No, I wouldn't have did that. Right. Like, nah, man. Like, yeah, you can get on the show, you can advance, but we need you to sign this document, and that document said we own your publishing forward and backward. And no. I'm like, man, no, gotta no sir. Your mind. No, sir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Cook, help me. No, sir. <laughs> Yo. For real, right? <laughs> In the powers of Sam Cook, no sir. So I, I, I believe, I believe you did the right thing, brother. But tell the truth and shame the devil does not mean you don't get rotten apples thrown at you. Facts, pure facts. That's facts. That's real, bro. I had, I had, I had. Oh man, my internet is oranges, yeah, uh, water, whatever you can think of. It came at me, bro. They Every fruit rotten. But you, you, the the moral of the story to me is, they came at you rotten fruit, apples, oranges, Kool Aid, whatever they Jello, whatever they wanted to throw at you, thought was stick. But then you got washed and polished right back off by the same person who believed you believed in you in the first place. Thanks. So go, go where you're celebrated, man. That's one of the biggest morals of the story. Go where you're celebrated. When you start stepping out and you don't realize what type of smiles that sharks have, it can be very, very tricky situation. But let's move Gosh. on. Let's have some fun, sir. What have you procrastinated on and why? <laughs> um, going okay, so this might sound crazy, but the one thing that I know for sure is I procrastinated on going to see Jasmine Sullivan in concert. Mm. She's a hot ticket right now, ladies and gentlemen. Like, every dog listen. loves her music right now. I mean, dudes too, but I know, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to testify. I live in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. There are teachers who are from America here that. When that album, new music came out with her and her, oh man, listen, they were going crazy over here with the lyrics. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a day one. I'm a day one fan, bro. I'm a day one fan, man. I've been like, man, that chick's so cold. And I've had times to see her in concert. And then when the pandemic hit, I had, a, I had, I was about, I had tickets. Mm -hmm. And then they just, you know, so I'm like, why I didn't go see her for Essence? Why I didn't go do the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's one of my things that's sticking in my mind because like I'm I'm waiting for the new tour dates. But um, I guess something else, man, is um that I, that I procrastinated that I've been procrastinating on um a, a long time is um is uh writing a book. Absolutely. And um, I'm a, I, I did another uh Zoom earlier, and I told the lady the same thing. I was like, it's coming. Cause uh, I, I got so much stuff people don't know about when it comes to this song and my career that they would be blown away to hear. One can put into reality is when you have the dopest pair of sneakers, everybody wants them. 
And that's what I equate you, you know, not to belittle what it is, but it's a simplistic form. It's like, you got the freshest jacket at high school. Where'd you get that jacket from, man? Let me wear it. Oh no, you got the best bicycle. Hey man, I'm gonna bring it right back. Can I ride it for a little while? You wanna sign this bike over to me, man? I don't think you're gonna take care of it, take it where it needs to go. No. Yeah. Now you believe in yourself as a determining X factor. And I appreciate you and I applaud you. Let me ask you this though. How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're going? Well, man, you it, leave where you're from. Um, I, I, you, I, I'll take that as in, I won't use it. As, spiritually yeah. and physically. Physically, um, crazy enough, I still live in the same place. Like not same place, but same city that I grew up in. Not the same house, of course, but um, um, I think that you know, people don't understand the level of opportunities, man, everywhere else. Especially when you're stuck in a spot like, you know, they got people over here that never been to Houston, never been to New York, never been to LA, and there's just so many, so many dots you can connect when you move around, and you and you you have to do that in order for the dots to actually connect to make the drawing, bro. You can't stay in one spot on a connected dot board and create the drawing. So I just feel that like you have to be able to network, meet people, go through ups, go through downs, ups, downs, diagonals. I mean, everywhere you want to go to create the to create the painting, bro. And it's just like a connected dot puzzle, man. My um my publicist, the name of her company is um Dot Connect Corp, and uh, it's named that because she was like, I'm going to connect the dots for all my clients to be able to be successful. I think the absolute most important thing that you referenced to is connecting the dots and getting your own narrative. Like you can be from the South, you can be from the North, you can be from the East, the West, but if you allow what you see in the media and other people tell you what people are like in a certain area, you never go challenge the narrative for yourself, then you'll never grow in that aspect as well. Can you tell me one moment where you were ignorant to a situation of meeting a certain area of people and then it changed for you? when you got your own narrative or has there ever been that situation you know man not really because living here you know in louisiana we're a melting pot of different cultures Absolutely. i've always been super duper intrigued about like i'm a big fan of that florida music but not but not the, the in i like i want to hear the underground dudes i want to hear the the go-go i want to hear the um the hyphy i want to hear the um the, the the juke music in florida i, I that's what i be wanting to hear because i'm intrigued by other cultures so mm. much so i never really had that issue because man i it's like I, I i i crave new sounds and stuff that might be old to a person in florida for me i'm like oh my god this is the hottest thing i've ever heard in my life right 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 absolutely everybody hears things different so when i hear it 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 triggers something in me to want to create something similar but not the same of course but it i hear it different so you know i think the best ideas come from is new culture and new and new stuff absolutely some of the best ideas and culture i remember when i first went to well i've been traveling my whole life my mom is from the south my dad is from new york but i have family everywhere but when we first started to go down south when i started to recognize the difference in music how they would carry their boom boxes and and have like the slowed chopped and screwed music and i'm like it was like the same record it was the same record i was listening to back in new york but it was just like let's say it was hip-hop hooray we're like hip-hop hooray 
oh hey it was just slowed yep. down i was like oh what is it? it was like yo is that the i'm like how did you do that and it was just amazing to it grew me in so many ways maybe i didn't know it at the moment but it added to my lexicon it added to my tool belt and i think that's what yep. traveling really does to you whether you know it or not you start taking these new experiences but you know some of the down parts of traveling is talk to me about this the down parts of traveling where you're cupid you're now cupid everybody's dancing everybody's singing your songs people are flying you out bring you here bring you there did you start to lose conversations with your friends once who could not see exactly the things or do you just generously having conversations about your life because this is your life now like there's a point where people brag but there's also also a point where this is my life like i can't really i have friends that i try to speak to about moments in my life let's say hey i did a show with cupid why are you bragging you ever had that situation happen to you where it's like, no, I'm not bragging, man. This is my life. Well, I got the same friends, bro. Yeah. For 20 years, man. And most of them come on the road with me. Like, that's um, good. That's good. So it's never really been that. And I just feel like if somebody's bringing that energy, then you really don't want to see me grow. Like, if you telling me that's bragging, then no. Nah. Like, if you my friend, you're supposed to be excited about that and sharing that experience. You know, I ought to be able to bounce that off of you. So those people like that ain't really friends. They just hanging around just to hang around. But no true friend going to ever tell you that, man. And like, you know, they'll they'll be happy for you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Some of your day ones are there for you for to the end. And as long as you recognize it, ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to bring up that scenario to just whoever somebody might be listening. Like, that's where you get your source from sometimes when you beat up is the ones who known you before you had everything you had. And they, they, you know, the one that's going to keep you grounded and the one that's always going to chastise you and the one that's always going to joke on you, no matter how high you get. Yeah. Yeah. I got a few of them. You got a few of them. Yeah. My boy, they, you could do anything. I could get a platinum plaque and the next day he'd be like, all right, cool. But, uh, look, you, but, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at so, you. Yo, yeah. All, all types of just weird stuff. And they'll say it in front of important people. You'd be like, man, come on, man. Relax right now. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> let me be great. But it, it's, in a, it's in a good way. Now, I have this question. You are the number 16th person I'm going to ask this question. Now, there's two things about this question. I think it's intrusive. So what I say is, if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to, right? But I also would like, to let me, would like you to let me know if I should keep the question or omit the question. Are you, right. ready for, are you ready for the question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you recognize it? How long did it take for you to accept it? What was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you recognize it? How long did it take for you to accept it? Um, abrasion of privacy, man. Um, you know, when you were a female or whatever relationship, um, I wrote this song called Cell Phone Blues back in the day. Um, got a cool video for it, too. And, um, man, like, I thought it was like when somebody loves you, they 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 own you all the time to, like, where you going, what you doing, uh, what, you know, going through your phone. And this, this I mean, just, you know, this, 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 the overwhelming type of, like, like, you know, that was abuse for me because I'm like, I could never be Cupid. I had to be a different person because, you know, I didn't want my significant to think, oh, 
why he shake, why he taking a picture, why he this, why he that, going through the phone. Um, it ain't nothing but you know calling my buddies, calling numbers you didn't know and stuff like that. And um, I thought that was just like you know a person love you so much they just want to just make sure you're not doing nothing. But when I realized that if you were the person who doing that, then either two things: one, they trying to get out and get something on you to bounce, or two, that's abuse. And um, I stayed in that, stayed in that a while, man, um, because I, I, you know, it was no trust. So I just think that a lack of trust, man, is a very abusive thing to two people. Um, because if you don't trust that person, you're beating yourself up every day with questions that probably don't even exist. Then that's that's like something I learned quickly, man. Is that lack of trust is definitely a high level of abuse. So two things real quick. Would you say it was a form of self-love that played a part in it? And how did you how did you handle that energy? What did you do for someone who might be in that situation? How did you how did you dismiss that energy? I can tell you that if you don't trust the person you with, it's not gonna work. It's just no, it's it's, it's it's just no other way to live a happy life and be in a happy relationship if you don't trust the person. It's, I mean, think about it, man. Like Imagine being in a, in a jail cell with a dude you don't trust. You ain't going to be able to sleep good. I don't, it don't matter like what you do, what's going on. Like dude might dap you up cool, boom, boom, but you know, when you were in your relationship with, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is, man, if, if she don't, she not all the way dialed in and trust you. And you know, the same man, that's abusive because you're going to start doing things that's going to cause conflict. And you guys, the conflict elevates. So, you know, I say for people, like you say, advice for somebody yeah. is look, look, evaluate it and, and see if that's something you really want to do. You know, I know that's always I, a tough I, I get I get the evaluation part, but can you give us like a form? Of how do you think a man could walk away from it? Do you take it to dinner, sit it down and say, you know what, this ain't working and get out of there? Does he plan his exit before he makes his statement? Man, it ain't no handcuffs on nobody. Like people, are, they're just invisible rope that hold people in relationships because of longevity because of situations and all of that stuff but you're compromising your happiness and it's not like you guaranteed a whole bunch of days on this earth to be able to redo it later like mm -hmm. if it's not working it ain't working bro and i mean that's like trying to fit a square peg in a round circle you can just do it for so long until it ain't gonna work and i watch so many people do that for so long man um it's trying to find the equally yoked person. But if you find yourself getting your phone searched through, you know, she throwing things, you throwing things, things getting broken, um, there's no compromise. It's, it's, it's that, it's a bad recipe, man. And um, I think that's abuse, man. I really do. Um, you know, I've said some things to, to certain people that I got into arguments with that I regret, but I abused them. I know what I said was abuse. I know, because it was supposed to be that. That's what I wanted it to be. And that ain't that ain't good, man. That's not good for the soul, bro. Absolutely, it's not good for the bounce, soul. man. Bounce, dog. Bounce, don't stay. Straight up. Find your happiness, straight up. Now, I want to do something where I call audible. This is not on my questionnaire list. This is something I directly can only ask you, in my opinion. Now. This has nothing to do with manhood. This has everything to do with music and what people do not recognize outside of the South. Me living in the South for 10 years, there is a type of music that goes around unbeknownst. They perform, you can say, you can say it's the uh, Chitlin circuit. 
talk to the people about Sugar Shack music. So nobody knows about that, now. Keep in mind, we talking to the world right now. People do not know it's not on the charts. It's not charting, but people are making an absolute living. There are famous people. You ain't got to be famous, but there are people out there living off Sugar Shack music. Please let us know what that is and talk about it right now. So we would consider Sugar Shack music the underground version of blues. Mm. Is we It would be the underground, like you got backpack rap, you got industry rap, you got blues, and then you got the Sugar Shack music is what they call it, right? And in this music, I've literally seen it for myself because I do that type of music at, at, at times. 30 to 40,000 people at these festivals listening to songs that have never played on the radio ever singing word for word. Let me get it on YouTube if you can. <laughs> and you might get it on YouTube. You ain't you no telling. If you can, don't tell and me. They will press up 100 CDs, compact discs, remember CDs, CDs, and sell them all yeah. and have t-shirts laid out and sell them all. Like, it's underground blues, man. And it is something powerful. It is is beyond powerful. I remember my stint as a DJ. And, you know, I think I used to call you on my Instagram and say, look, I'm playing your song and these kids yep. are dancing to it, right? And, and then it became a point where they was like, you got Tucker? And I was like, who, who, who's Tucker, right? Yeah. Yep. Dive deep into... Sugar Shack music and the, and I loved it, man. It was just I'm going back to the Sugar Shack. It's just a vibe, and I and I yeah. couldn't find this music anywhere. Like you couldn't get it from DJ pools. You had to go in and talk to an older person who had a CD, pull them records yeah. off that CD, and just dig dive. And that's why you said cell phone blues. Absolutely, like I'm on that right. I, I get what yeah. you're talking about when you say that, and. With my 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 father-in-law, he's 80-something years old. Man, he knows all the Sugar Shack records. This man don't listen to the radio. What, what, what I'm telling you is it's just it connected us. Yeah. And this is all through Texas, Louisiana, the South. Sugar Shack music is amazing. So I just wanted to do a do a pivot right there for everyone to go check out you some sugar sugar shack music. You now can yeah, find okay. them online. There, there, there's one of my favorite songs called Hell No to the No, No, No. Oh. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, it, it, it can really, really about the preacher man going off in the church real quick. And it's, it's, Brother. it's a novelty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bishop Bullwinkle is a trip, bro. Bishop Bullwinkle. Exactly. Talk to me about fatherhood. But I don't want to talk about fatherhood that is beautiful. Oh, my kid came out. It changed my life. I want to talk about the moments where you love your kid, but I don't like you right now. Talk to me about the patience you need to have as a father. I don't have no patience, bro. Um, <laughs> my son, he know what it like. He'll, he'll, he'll make all A's, bro. And then one day he'll be like, I just forgot to do this assignment and have a zero. So now you didn't drop your grade like two letters down. And man, I, I don't play with him, bro. I, I, I bring, I bring him, I bring him into the chamber, bro. And, and he get it. And he know like, Hey man, I can't have patience with you because with that, because like, you need to understand, like, you know, this is, it's a zero. You, you're killing yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot and you can't do that in real life. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can't decide to be at work one day and just say, you know what? I'm not going to, you know, do A, B, and C, and then the whole warehouse, you know, blow up or catch on fire because of your silliness and your lack. You can't be that way. And um, so I'm always on his tail with that, bro. Um, now, I got two stepkids on the way um, that, you know, I met, like, in the past two years. They're going to give me hell. They're going to give me hell because... Cause I, you know, mine, my mind know how I rock and roll from birth. Right. So no, man, look, I, I don't even need to play with him. But the mother two, they, they don't got no kind of. They, I mean, they, they come from a different uh tree, dog. So. Yeah. Talk to me about the feeling of being a bonus dad. You're a bit. You're basically a bonus dad. You're someone who can bring your life experiences. But first, the trust has to be built. It's all types of things yeah. that has to happen there. Tell me your perspective of it. Well, you know, man, um, for my situation, they eight and six. And so, you know, their dad, you know, he lives like way on the East Coast, like far away. So I'm with them a lot more, you know, and um, being a, you know, a divorce, uh, divorcee, I, I try to make sure that they, they respect him. That's your dad. You know, that's that's him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Bryson, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going I'm to handle you, you know, based on the parameters of your mama. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm gonna give y'all love and I'm gonna treat y'all right, man, and everything. But you know, y'all, I, I try to make sure that the, the gateway to their dad is open, and I don't get into, I don't step in in between that because you know he he far away, he do what he do, but that's still like it's biological. Because I know if the shoe on the other foot, man, ain't nobody finna, you know, like nobody. you know, for me and mine. So Absolutely. you know, I. I try be fair with it, bro. And, you know, just give him some love and everything the same way. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, nobody should come into that relationship that is a kinship and a rights of passage. That we, if we're lucky to have it, then we shouldn't block it blessings whatsoever. I want to ask you a question that I love asking men on this show because I love to hear the most interesting stories behind it. Now, this question, I bring it up because I just want to bring awareness to see if we actually start invoking these conversations amongst our kids which I hope will make some changes for the better where we are now, especially with the way sex is sensationalized and everything we got going on through everything. It's not music anymore. We can't just blame music. It's everywhere. It's on our commercials, it's on our TVs, it's on our shirts, it's our mouths, it's everything. They, They have us. They have the whole thing going on. Did you ever get a sex talk? Who or what gave you sex education? No, man. (laughs) Man. My, my homeboy, I got my first uh, porn VHS tape. I I exchanged it for a Jose Canseco and a Mark McGuire baseball card. Wait a minute. That was a bad exchange. <laughs> oh, dog. But no, it wasn't just one tape. It was like a big trash bag full, dog. Okay, like I was well, well, we're talking about, yeah, we, we're talking about variety. <laughs> I was loaded, dog. I was loaded. I had all the 1970 classics. <laughs> classics. Uh, where he got from, bro, but you know, and that's where I saw what it was, man. I mean, through through that, bro, I ain't gonna lie. Like, my pops wasn't trying to talk about it. Why do you think Oh, dog. Why do you think we... Straight I mean, up. Why do we run from that? Why do we run the mo- run from the most natural thing? The reason I bring the question up, because there's a lot going on with governments being inside our relationships. Right? Yeah. A lot of guys are suffering. They can't even stand up because they got this child support or they got this situation. And I'm just speaking from the men's perspective. I know there are a lot of bad guys out there, but also a lot of good guys. So I'm just speaking from the perspective of 
if we had, I feel if we started with the respect of women and more communication, I think a lot of us won't be in those situations, but we, we get a lot of information from our counterparts. Like you'll stick your finger in your ear and see the wax in your ear and test it. Like the weirdest, what are some of the weirdest things you heard before you got those tapes? Like what kind of things like, Hey man, you ain't a man. If you ain't oh, got, you going to hell. <laughs> you going to hell. It was hell. It was yeah. no go straight past go straight to hell. Um, or you would get a disease, you'll get sick, your stuff will burn off. I heard all of that stuff, man, you know? And, um, you know, now, man, as a dad, bro, look, bro, me, me and my son, he, he gonna be 13 this year. He know everything, you know? I'm telling you, yo, like, how, know, did, this how is did that conversation go? Did you go straight in or did you use the birds and the bees? Oh, no, man, no, no birds and no bees. Cause, cause, um, I was going through his phone and his partner had sent him a, a picture of something. And I was like, you know what that is? No. I said, you lie. Come in. <laughs> you went for it. You went in for it. I was like, bro, I said, what you can't do about women is lie to me. Like, so I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. And if you got a question, I don't want you to be nervous. And now I went through all the names. It's called blank, blank, blank. It could be referred to as blank. And this, like, I, I kept it real. And I'm like, be, come to me. I was like, because I can't have nobody else teaching you something that I know the best of. Like, I know. But, you know, a lot of times as kids, you know, we don't even have that dialogue because parents, you know, they never really, like, made us feel as though if we talked to them, we wouldn't get punched in the throat, you know? Like, or, or you know, like, what you talking to me about that for? Like, I, I personally, I couldn't do, I felt like I couldn't do that. And even if I could have, my dad didn't let me know I could. So with him, I'm like, look, man, you can't do this. You can't do this because, you you know, this the age. But I, I, I talk to him about it, man, because, dude, listen, you might not think your child know, but they know. It ain't no they know nothing. They, they know a lot. And the thing about it is I want to let my son know. He's only three now, but I will let him know in the future that how fun it is and what, what he's going to want to go back to the pot and get more honey as much as he can. But it has to be yeah. some type of resistance mentally where he starts thinking about how much this honey might be getting in the way of his work or how much this honey might impede his process of success because it can, right? Because it's it's a it's a fun, it's a fun theme park to stop at. But you only go to theme parks every once in a while. You can't be there all day. You know, you start getting hot, you get this tan, you get it. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're dehydrated. There's a lot of things happen if you're at a theme park when it's too hot all the time. Like you're not making a in there, it's a lot, it's a lot, bro. It's a lot going on. I mean, you can enjoy it, you can ride every ride, but understand is sometimes you gotta go. But you gotta be this tall to get to the, on the ride first, dog. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta meet that requirement before you hop on the ride, dog. You gotta be at that. Uh, uh if you ain't at that level yet, you can't get on it. That's for and sure. Every ride has a seat belt. <laughs> Remember that. Let's keep it a buck. Every ride is nobody ride without seat belts. Anybody tell you any different? You might Bro. fall off. <laughs> <laughs> you might fall off into a situation you don't want to be in. Should yeah, man. Be, should there be a basic training program amongst men? A level of educate, educate, education given out, excuse me, where we have financial literacy programs, communication, how to change a tire, gardening, general wealth building, stocks and real estate talk, and elderly teaching with intent. And what I mean by that is if you and I were neighbors, and we were just in our community and we know we have these demanding lives, but we understood stocks or we understood how to change the tire. 
the neighborhood together would then have these rhetorics of talk of our kids being excited about stocks, them being knowledgeable and having basic levels of information outside of the school system, outside of Boys and Girls Club, outside of the church. But it's like a community, a tribe building thing. You ever think we could implement anything like that in our communities? Steve does it, man, when he does his uh, his mentoring camp he used to do. It has to, it, that, it, that was taken away for us years ago for us not to be powerful. So I think that that has to be done, even if it's not necessarily in a class environment, selectively, individually, and that's something that every man should have um, under their belt is those simple things. Because, bro, like, you know, at the end of the day, man, you save a lot of money being able to do a lot of different things. And I think that uh, especially African-American boys, man, they, we, we, we born with just so much skill and talent. And we don't tap into it because we're told to do one thing in one degree in one career. And that's all you can be. And I feel that now, man, like you gotta, you know, just, just multifaceted, man, talented in all levels. So I agree. You know, I learned a lot of that stuff late in my career and in my life. And um, especially the taxes part. Um, right. Now I'm a guru. Cause like I get it, but they don't teach you that, man. They teach you um, about how the Indians and the pilgrims got together and high five one day over some ham. And they teach you that mess, but they don't teach you the things that you need when you step out and they give you a candy bar to sign a paper and then you got a loan for $10,000 you didn't even know in college. That's what they do. So, nah, man, that literacy has to change. And I mean, I know I teach mine. Like, and you know, and even like the little kids on my AAU basketball team, we talk about stuff like that all the time because they need to know, you know? They need to know in passing. But I, what I'm saying is like, for example, uh, lean on me. Was it lean on me? I believe it's lean on me, where Joe Clark said, if the parents don't know, then we'll bring the parents in and tutor them too. So even if you're talking to the kids at the AAU, that conversation needs to continue with the parents at home. So all of us need to be on one accord tribe-wise. And for those listening who come from like New York City or come from a place where you barely drive, you take a lot of city transportation, and so you think you never need to change a tire, you never know where you're going to be living in 10 years or five years. You never know what life is going to take you. For example, when I got to South Carolina, I was driving a car and my tire blew. Me being from New York, I had no idea how to change a tire, like the lifestyle I was living. So that basic level of communication should be taught in all neighborhoods. We should all know how to do certain things innately to take care of ourselves. And that, But we have to all remember, so many people make money off us being naive. I want to poll you real quick. I like to know the top three things you want in a woman. And the reason why I ask you this question is because there's always a word I feel that men leave out so we can have a discussion whether you should put that in your top three or top 10, as long as you evaluate it because it doesn't come guaranteed. Cupid, what is your top three, three things you want in a okay. woman? Um, thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness, um, um, well, my my fiance, she, um, likeness, like like mindedness. She likes to work out. I like to work out. She went ran track in college. I ran track in college. Uh, um, so just you know, like minded and um and 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 God fearing. Um, God, and, and the reason why I say that, bro, is because when I met her, I remember when we first started dating. She um she hit me with the Bible app and uh, she was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to do these little readings and then we're going to respond on them, you know, every, like, you know, every day. So 
I would get on Facebook and she would see me comment on Facebook and be like, why you, that ain't what you supposed to be doing at the beginning of the day. And a lot of times, man, we'll be going through some stuff and then I'll read one of them little devotions and be like, oh, or on her side, if she did something that she did wrong or came at me sideways and she reads something, she'll come back and be like, I understand, you know, I'm, you know, I was wrong because, you know, you know, this says, this says, so that was a first for me, man. And um, I think that's like one of the most powerful things because I know at the end of the day, she makes her decisions based on the goodness of what God wants us to do, you know? And a thousand percent, your answers are never wrong because they're subjugated towards you. I just wanted to grow the conversation and adding the word intelligence because of how much we love the intelligence and it's all different levels. There's emotional intelligence, a lot of intelligence, but we love speaking. I just want women to know we love speaking to you. We love hearing what you have to say. And intelligence is not guaranteed, but men value it a lot in, our, in their women. So we, I just wanted to always talk about that and make sure guys are looking for that as well as what their top three is, right? And on top of that, and I want to commend your women for doing the work also and you and accepting and doing the work. It's a lot of relationship things that people do not know how to accept the work, especially both coming from previous situations. You probably took those energies and applied it now to not make the same mistakes that you made this time the next time around. Thanks. Absolutely. Let's stay right here in this vein. Let's stay right here. How much are you trying to understand communication, though? Do you know her five love? You know the five love languages? Are you reading information? Like, I, I, I want to know how much are you trying to understand your lady? You, I mean, you are you writing down the things that she likes and saying, you know what? I know she likes this. I know I'm gonna keep this in mind. I'm gonna really, are you really getting to the communication between you and her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, we we went through all of that stuff because we both been married before. Yeah. So, yeah. like, now we like understand, like, we get it. And, um, you know, like love language is extremely important, but just the biggest part about a relationship dog is you gotta still be friends. Like it ain't nothing like, like when you dating a girl and she your home girl and you just kicking it and then y'all doing y'all thing, but y'all just cooling in the fan and then you get married to, or y'all get in a relationship and then everything changed. Like, that's what people mess up. Like, that's my dog, like, that's my dog. Like, that's my dog. I could run anything to, it's all good because we, we on that level. So it's like, for me, you know, it's not like she's just like my fiance and, you know, it's no, it's no different than when we was dating. I still like her and I'm, and I like her. And, and that, you know, is big to me. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta always still like that person, man. Yep. And, um, and, and that's where we at, man. That's, that's my, that's my, hey, one day. A lot of people misconstrue love and like, like is super important. Because the people you like, you kind of tolerate more for them to grow. If you just love them, you can fall out of love real quick. But like is hard to get rid of. When you really like somebody, yeah. that's facts. Like that's that's real. Let's keep the husband hat on real quick, though. I have a question for you here, and thank you for sharing that knowledge information. There's no wrong answer for this question, but I this is one of my favorite questions to ask people because I want to know the answer. And there's no wrong answer. It's subjugated towards you, but when you pick, I want to know why. As a husband. Would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? Oh, a great wife. A great wife. I mean, because, bro, listen, dog, we've been on the road. 
the word woman is used very loosely. I mean, I've met every type of woman you can possibly imagine. Shape, size, languages, tricks, backflips, levitation, whatever you think about, I done seen it and been around it. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. But a great wife, like a, that means that she's committed to you and that's yours. That means I don't have to go pull out the Rolodex when it's time to make, make magic. And when I want to go on a date, I don't have to worry about pulling out the Rolodex and hoping you can make it and hoping you got the attitude that day and all that. Like, like mine, I'm good. I, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's very important, man, because when you say wife, man, you know, that's a commitment, man. That's you. That's you and that person. And going through the, the rat race as we go through as entertainers sometimes, especially single ones, it just becomes monotonous. It's like, what else are you going to offer me? Yeah, you fine. You cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look good in that outfit. Yeah, you got a lot of 10, 80,000 followers. But what can you do to stimulate me when you ain't got makeup on and we sitting in the crib and it ain't nothing to eat and we going to go to the burger spot down the road? Can we, are we still on that same path? Or do we got to be like horizontal to love each other? You feel me? So, Hey, that's why I talk about that word intelligence because emotional intelligence and all that stuff is is where you need to be at. Yeah, well, we're going to be horizontal. That's a good one, man. I appreciate your answer very much, very much. Validation from your partner. It's like you win a championship when you meet the right woman. But Mr. Bryson, Cupid, I ask you, do you defend the title? And what I mean by that is, are you still becoming the best versions of yourself every day to make sure that you don't fall off? Are Got you- to, and we talked we talked about that earlier. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I ain't no ain't bro. Look, bro. Anybody who watching this, you know, doggone well what's right and what's wrong. You don't don't play stupid. You know what you' supposed to do. You know what you ain't supposed to do. You know no, no, no. That's not what I, that's not what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about in that regard. I'm talking about. Are you competing with the best versions of yourself to make sure she looks at you as the superhero you are? Are you still doing all the things? Because sometimes men get the woman and then they take, they sit back and say, I got it. They don't do oh, all chick, things. Chicks do that too. Chicks yeah. do that too. Like, <laughs> you know, but, but I'm going to say it like this. I have to, man. Like, you know, like my fiance, like she's a personal trainer, bro. She's like a national champion hurdler, dog. Like, you know, I, she big on like her fitness, how she looks, the things she doing, say. And when she slip, I I let her know. I'm like, yo, I, I'm not I'm not trying to hear this random attitude today, cause I didn't do nothing wrong. Now you could be mad, and you could vent about it, but don't 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 talk to me crazy. And I'm not gonna do the same to you. I could have a bad show, janky promoter. I'm not coming fussing at you. I'm gonna tell you about it, and I need you to hold me down and just listen to me. You feel me? So, um. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm kind of like the date, the, the guy she met and the guy when we started dating is the same guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, nothing changed, bro, because I didn't come out of fake, too. You know, I just kept it real. Like, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is my situation. So I'm constantly just trying to, I'm not going to say becoming a better version because I think I'm probably a great version, but I think I stay consistent because women love consistency from a man. And the minute you step off track, she know. She knows something ain't right. So I stay consistent, bro. Absolutely, consistency. We're going to talk about consistency a little bit later on. We got a few more questions to go, then I'm going to let you go for the day, but I appreciate you coming on the show. For sure, for sure.
We talk about leaving a legacy, being the best we can be, but we ignore major steps. Do you have a will? Of course. Of course. Talk to me about why you, <laughs> talk to me about why you think people in our community run from the conversation of a will or run from the conversation of having insurance. Because I don't I that's you know, I, I ask myself I, I that's one answer I don't know. Um I know so many people, you know, I'm paying for funerals almost two, three a year because they ain't got no insurance, man. But the will thing, may, you know, with my royalties and, and the ownership of the things that I have, whether it's little or big, man, you have to be able to make sure that the right people get it. Because I've seen what not having a will can do to a family, to your kids, so on and so forth. So, yeah, absolutely, bro. Friends of the show, Cameron Wesley Sr. talks about our cultural counterparts doing investments on their parents and grandparents, taking out insurance on them in a high regard. Mm -hmm. And that's how they fund their next generation of, of money and also fund the, fun forget the funeral, they pay for that quickly. But we're talking about two, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollar policies over their grandparents and their parents and their, their secure lineage. Why do you think our people look at death as death and not an investment? Because, um, <laughs> It has a lot to do with religion, my man. Um, a lot to do with, you can't take it with you. So, you know, whatever. A lot to do with that, bro. I mean, we were just taught just wrong for so many years, man. But um, every, you know, all of the slave masters left a legacy. They left that plantation and a piece of that land to somebody. It was all blocked off. Mm. We were taught not to be able to do that. One, because we didn't have habit to give. Um. So I think, you know, ancestrally, man, it's like we never been trained because we never really had. But once you're educated in it, man, like, I mean, I know some of the more current generations have been, you know, doing that, man. That's that's thing. That's what from the Abraham Lincoln, the George Washington, all of them. That's all they've ever done. It's handed that down. That's how you be like, how he how he um 25 in a three store in a two story home. And they, my mom and mom and mom had this land and, you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think we're gonna get there soon enough. I think times are changing and we're all developing, but we all have to deal with nuances. But I think every generation was bamboozled at some point. Like the generation Absolutely. before us, the generation before us said, go to school and get a good job. Now this generation now is like, well, I don't need to go this way if I can go get it faster this way if I know exactly what I'm doing if school is not in the path I won't subject myself to these loans right so now we're just growing and generational growing and soon enough we'll be there but we have to have the knowledge to know that these are investments that we need to hand down so if you're listening to the show look at death as an investment and invest in your parents and your grandparents you're not putting a bounty over the head you're securing the legacy and the wealth of your family and you're becoming a new patriarch so please just evaluate that situation look at our cultural counterparts because for years they had a different recipe than what we have and sometimes we have to change the flavor of our gumbo just a little right. bit i came up with something called operating at 100 and what i mean by that is i took five categories that's purpose health confidence money and knowledge again that's purpose health confidence money and knowledge I give them all 20% adding up to 100%. Purpose meaning you're working in your purpose every day, doing the things you love inside of your favor. Health means you're working out, meditating, eating right, praying. 
Confidence means you're doing it confidently without any intimidation, fear, or insecurities. Money is you made a little money today, saved a little money, invested a little money, paid some bills to a charity. Knowledge is you took in some new information. So Mr. Cupid, I ask you, within the last 24 hours, how much of 100% have you been operating out of? Purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge, all 20% each. Oh man, probably about, about not not a hundred percent because <laughs> twenty four hours to be direct. I've been uh, I just moved, so I'm spending all the money. Um, not working in my purpose at all. I'm, um, you know, stuff like that. Like just getting the crib squared yeah. away. But but on a typical day, man. I mean, again, balance is key. So I can tell you that on a typical day that I'm not doing anything outside of this. I'm operating at 100 all the time, all the time, because you got to be balanced in all of those aspects and to be to be able to be successful. Straight up, like what you do, the, the five you pick, man, you couldn't have picked it any better. Well, it's actually, you know, getting experience from the show. One person told me I should add a six, and we talked about this early. Is consistency. We just talked about that with women. Same thing with the job, with anything. You yeah. know, you can't water a flower once a month and expect it to grow. Got to stay consistent. Gotta stay consistent. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before you go, we love to get referrals for the show. Is there any man you would like to have come on the show? Drop these gems and answer these questions in manhood. Say that one more time. I lost you, say that one more time. I said, thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before you go, is there any man you would love to come on the show and drop these solutions in manhood? I do. My producer, Mr. Fett on the track, got another hidden deed, man, Mr. Fett. That's probably one of the smartest dudes I ever met in my life. If you think I got a few little gems, this boy here got a whole jewelry store, bro. He eat he, he the real deal, bro. You so, gotta connect. Uh, I can you try to connect with him. Yeah, plug, yeah. Let's let's connect, and I would love to have him on the show immediately, or you know, whenever it life opens up, because I am on a journey here, and I would love to hear from that brother. Say less, man. When we get off of this, I'm a um, I'm gonna hit him up, and uh, sometime tonight I'm gonna connect y'all too, bro. That's easy. Absolutely. Before you go, please let the people know what you got going on, what you want them to know. Uh, at the barbecue is out. Everything is going, it's flowing. Let us know what's up. Follow me, official new Cupid on Instagram. I have I have my, my fragrance line, Bells and Bowls. I'd love for y'all to order some and try it. And what, um, where do check we go out for my that? line. Uh, it's bellsandbowls.com. That's Bells with an E, B-E-L-L-E-S, and Bowls, B-E-A-U-X, the Louisiana style. Um, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll go to my website, New Cupid Online, and all that information is there. And look, I'm sorry, somebody that called me. And look, just keep on supporting the good. I appreciate your platform, my brother. And uh, we definitely going to stay in touch, man. Absolutely, sir. I appreciate everything you've done today. Thank you for coming on the show. For those who are listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show. Also at Sheen One on all platforms. Let's continue this conversation on Clubhouse, Facebook, Instagram, or in the street if you see me. We end today's show with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. 
true success, it's what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and pursuit of personal excellence. Question of the day, question of your life. Are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions. Cube, we salute you and we thank you so very much. Thank you, man.